Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Dustin Lee. Um, he is in outside of uh, Portland, but he's in Washington. He's in a smaller town, but he says he's from Portland. Don't you say you're? Yeah, I say I'm from Portland. Because nobody knows where, because it's a smaller town or something. Exactly. Okay. Oh, and Austin's going to be listening while he's driving. So, yes, please don't text and drive anymore, Austin. <laughs> we, we will be glad to uh, answer any questions later. Maybe you could call him in. We'll get him in. Um, all right. So, Dustin, you and I were talking. We, I love hanging out with you. And we get to do it sometimes in person and sometimes uh, we just talk on the computer, which I'm super thankful for. Yeah. We were talking about... Um, I don't know when it was we decided to do this one, but it was right after you said, oh yeah, that'll be a good time because I'll have my LinkedIn. It was Linda maybe at that time, but or LinkedIn bought link, LinkedIn bought Linda.com. And so now it's called LinkedIn Learning, right? So my understanding is they actually have both the sites still up. I think they didn't want to lose people going to Linda. So it's the same thing. They bought Linda for 1.5 billion or something like that. So you can go to Linda with a Y or to LinkedIn learning. Okay. So, but this, um, so they approached you or what, what we're going to be talking about is other revenue income generators or revenue streams or things like that. So we started talking about this the other day. And so this is another thing. So you, this is very similar to how creative market you were selling stuff there. And then they asked you to write a blog post and you want to kind of give people that if they haven't heard that part of your story. Oh, how like the whole passive income for designers thing started. Well, yeah. 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 So, um, I got, I was on creative market fairly early. I released a product in within maybe the first year that they were live and I was really successful on there at first. I was all over the front page. Um, and I'm not anymore. Um, there's a lot of really talented people to compete against, but they had contacted me and asked me if I would write some articles on how I was ranking so many products. And I didn't want to do it because I didn't, I was like, well, why would I tell anybody that? Of course, I understand why they want me to tell them that, but I didn't want to tell people that because I wanted all the money. <laughs> and, um, but then I realized selfishly, that uh, if I didn't do it, someone else would take all the credit. And I decided I wanted to get the credit. Um, and so it started out of my own total selfishness. And then once I wrote and realized how much it helped people and that it actually didn't hurt me and that helping other people did not was not a detriment to myself, um, I just continued to do it. And I, it's been one of the uh, most fulfilling parts of having retro supply and passive income for designers. So that was before, that was the, when you gave your talk, I think it was 2014 at Creative South. It was a workshop. Was that, had you already been writing for Creative Market? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't know. So how long after you were started on Creative Market did they ask you to write? Oh gosh, probably within six months. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've had some other people come. So now you have Andre from... Portugal he's in um so a bunch of people so if you always come live it's always great because we get to introduce you oh cool so 
um, you're still exploring, which I think some people would be like, Dustin, you're doing it. You've told us how much you make. You're fine. Why are you exploring other avenues or other income streams? Like, it seems like what you've got is going well. So what's the, why do you continue to search out other avenues or, or do like the passive income for designers besides it just being making you feel good, but why did you make it something that you could also is, is a, it's also a product. It's a teaching tool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I listen to like a lot of philosophy books and I try to understand why, like sometimes I think I'm on like a hedonistic treadmill and I just never think enough is enough. Uh, you know, you know, like you get adjusted to what, to what you're doing and then you feel like you need to do more and then you do that. And then you feel like you need to adjust more and do more. Uh, so that's part of it, I think. And Jason says you has a uh, collection of fur coats and pimp hats that you need to fund. <laughs> I, that would be cool. Um, I don't. But, but I think, so some of it is it's this, our industry is always changing. I actually think this is a really good thing. Our industry is always changing. The way people buy is changing. People didn't used to buy online. Now that's pretty much all they do. And they're, yeah. you know, we used to go to art stores and get a, a product. And now you can just sell us that same product and we don't need to get off the computer. We can have the same thing. It's immediate, but it's not probably the smartest thing to put all your eggs in one basket also, because then if something happens. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, okay. So here's like an interesting thing I've noticed from, so I'm on the honest designer show. Um, which, which is, is an awesome podcast. podcast. Yes. It's fantastic. Um, it has Ian Bernard, super talented hand letterer. I think probably a lot of people on here know, and Lisa Glanz, um, brilliant illustrator. And then Tom Ross, who is um, a designer, but kind of like a design entrepreneur. Um, and something I've noticed from talking to all of them is that what happens is one, when one thing gets traction, you start to have some success with it. And probably like Jason, for instance, could definitely talk to this um, as he has like a variety of little side projects. Uh, once one thing takes off, so retro supply took off, well then people ask you to do like say passive income for designers. So I made that, but then that's easier to get going because you already have the traffic and the credibility of the first thing that you did. And so it's like some, this comes up, like these opportunities come up and it's not as hard. It's like you've jump-started the car already. And so it's much easier to get the next thing going. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, so you start trying to spread things out. And the other thing too is like, I've spent a lot of time telling people how much money I made, which I feel like is so superficial and, awful to do but i also like know that it draws attention that's why it's in headlines all the time it, i think it pulls people in it, it wakes you up and i think it also like um is intriguing and makes people pay attention and and that's really why i do it um but it's also made people think oh well you must be rich you know you are making so much money but the truth is um i need other businesses because i have to pay for my kids college i have to pay off my house um i have to pay for all the fur coats like jason said in the closet <laughs> But for me, those are expensive. About, I love that you share that because it gives hope that because it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't seem so out of reach because you seem pretty normal. And it, it's like, if he could do it, then maybe I can do it. Or if, you know, it just takes, it's not just this out of the long range kind of dream that we can't access. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, Brittany's wondering if you're normal. Yes, he's, well. <laughs> We just had a long talk there. Yeah, pretty normal. Definitely, that would be a fair assessment. Um, yeah, it's like any anyone can do. In fact, uh, the interesting thing about having the passive income for designers 
course that I did a couple of years back and doing the workshops and talking to people is that you realize the people that succeed are not the best people. They're the people that stubbornly continue to do it always, like almost always. Those are the people that do it. It's a, the, the rarity is the, the super talented person that just instantly is successful with those types of things. And I think that's like something people don't realize and it's inspiring because I feel like it's a lot easier to just be very, to work hard or to persevere than it is to be the top 1% because by definition there can only be 1% in the top 1%. Right. So, all right. So then why, so we kind of understand why is some, it's just the philosophy and the nature of you and you know that you're supposed to do these things and, and you have this kind of idea. So, but it's like you get one thing going and then you try something else and you do seem to kind of have like the, the Midas touch, right? The golden, not, not maybe, maybe your wife wouldn't say that, but from afar, maybe, um, and I'm sure your kids would be like, no, it's not perfect. But you get you get asked to do you do passive income for designers. I think you had you had a beta launch and then you had a big launch, and it really mm-hmm. changed from the beta to the to the big launch. It it really got fluffed out a lot more, right? Yeah, and it's still going on, so people can go and still purchase that. I think, right? No, um, so I opened it up and sold and, and sold okay, it. Okay, this was like a high level course. It was and it and it was the beta and it was. I don't know, $297, which I was really afraid to ask that much for it. Um, but I knew that it would pay for itself really easy for people that, that followed through. In fact, um, I had a, a money back guarantee on it that if people showed me that they followed everything and were not able to make that back at the end, that um, I would give them their money back. And um, it sold out really quick. I think we ended up selling like 50 spots to it. And there was a good portion of people that made um, very significant incomes um, from that. Um, so it was pretty amazing, but you can't get that now. Um, okay, so, we- it, so it was just something you opened up. It's not something that runs all the time. It was something that those 50 people can still go back, obviously, and maybe, maybe not. They can. I've literally been paying a subscription to keep that platform open so people can go back that purchased back then and go see all the like stuff. Me. Like, like me, you, you yeah, did, yeah. Because I haven't gone through one module, but I will at some point, <laughs> and I'm glad I got it. But, well, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, and that kind of leads to so on um, on LinkedIn Learning, Linda did a cor- did a a course that is not an in depth course about like a blueprint for how the whole thing works. It's more like opening people's eyes to it. So, for instance, Jason Carnes here right now, Jason Carnes' story um, is on there under. Um, unconventional ways to build a side hustle Um, and the course on LinkedIn learning is really more here's different ways people do it here's lots and lots of examples of people doing it but it doesn't dig really into the nitty-gritty detail of how they did it it's more about opening people's eyes and getting them excited about it Um, and then the other thing that I literally just opened last night I don't even have a backer yet is um, I want to do a patreon so I created a patreon account and um, that's essentially going to be more of a the nitty gritty stuff and people can go sign up for that and join the Patreon. And there's a one-on-one, there's a mastermind group and a one-on-one thing with Option. a couple limited spots. And then I have so much content that I've never released, like literally probably hundreds of hours have been spent on this and never released. So 
um, that's going to be kind of dripped out and then new things that I notice are going to be put out. For instance, there's lots of opportunities that I've noticed that are like untapped opportunities mm. that happen and I can't do them, whether it's because I don't have the talent to do it or I don't have the time to do it. Um, and I always think, gosh, someone should really do this. Um, so that's going on as well. That's cool. Okay. So we, I'm, I'm just going to write it or speak it out so that somebody who's listening like Austin, who's driving, you can go to www.patreon.com slash passive underscore income underscore for the, the letters F-O-R underscore designers. Yeah. And, then and that literally just opens. There's like one piece of content on there, um, but it's going to, I'm, I'm populating it. I literally wanted to have it open for your show oh, so we could you. talk about it and it was there. And, and that's another thing is like the people that like do well are the people that launch things. Like so often people are like, oh, I can't, I, know, I haven't gotten into work, but they've never actually put anything out. So I was like, well, I'm going to get this thing launched. I don't have everything up, um, but I'll have it open. And then sometimes the motivation comes from having people actually sign up. I mean, I remember it was like, what's that thing with like the little mouse that gets like the little hit in the test lab of like sugar or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. That was how like retro supply was. They, when I got my first sale, you know, it motivates you to keep going. All right. So with Patreon, cause you and I started talking about that, this, and I was like, okay. So first, before we get to that, let's tell Jason Carn's story. If you don't mind, I guess we yes. should have probably popped him in, but so LinkedIn learning, how did Linda.com or LinkedIn learning, how did they get in touch with you? Did it, was it through Vaughn? Cause Vaughn had done a ton of stuff with Link, Linda. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was because of Vaughn and um, just a real quick side note. If you don't go to conferences, you totally should. I thought conferences were such a waste of time. And then I went to them and they've always been so beneficial um, financially and in terms of relationships. Uh, so I had met Vaughn because he lives just a few hours from me on a long airplane ride across the country. And we became friends and partners um, in business. And he's very popular on Linda, LinkedIn Learning. And he was approached to do a passive income course. And he said, well, I could do it, but you should really have Dustin do it. So I had, you know, someone really awesome vouch for me. And so then they contacted me and I was like, yeah, that sounds really cool because they have a big studio and they have a whole very elaborate process for creating a course. And I thought how cool to get to see how, you know, some of the best courses in the world are made. All right. So then, so then what, how did that go down? So they email you, you say, yes, they send you a contract, I guess. And then you sign it and then you set up a date to do the, cause this was the first time for you. Everything's been like honest designers is filmed in this room you've done my podcast in this room. So yeah. most of it is this fancy room with the furry thing over in the chair with the toys. Right. Yeah. But, um, what, so this was really an experience. It was, and I, you and I talked about it before you went, you were like, I'm really excited to see how this works, how their setup is. Cause I think it's insight into if you're going to do more stuff like this, what kind of stuff you'll need to have. So it's kind of like long range, uh, because they really have their stuff together. Not that you don't, but they, no, you know, they really they do, really do in yeah. that framework. So, okay. <laughs> Tell us about it. Tell us how much they have their stuff together. Yeah. Okay. So this is how much they have it together. So, um, well, obviously like they're already doing well when they can buy uh, Linda for 1.5 billion. Someone said it was just a billion. I said that to them. They said, no, it was actually 1.5 billion. Um, so, 
basically they contact me and, and they have such a smart way to do it. So first you have a content producer. This is someone who like looks at the general catalog, what's happening in this quarter. And uh, they're trying to balance it out with all sorts of different categories of information or um, courses. So that person um, I met with, her name was Kara and we met and we talked and she was just sitting cross-legged in her living room and on the East coast, you know, coming up with ideas with me and we were sharing a Google doc. So they're using Google docs for everything and Google drive for everything. Um, and we came up with an idea and kind of laid out the basic bare bones of it, of each different section. Mm -hmm. And then they passed me off to a producer. Um, and Vaughn kind of helped me to get the producer that he thought was really great. Who is this, um, fantastic woman named Diane who had worked for the, she had a good name. Yeah, she had a wonderful name. You can always trust Diane. So um, she had worked for, I think, like Discovery Channel and Animal Planet, and she did MTV videos. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's very cool zen, you know, yoga every morning, running on the beach. Um, really cool um, woman. And she just kind of broke things into weeks for me. Like, here's what you should have done this week. Here's what you should have done this week. And it was all done in Google Docs and Excel spreadsheets. Granted, they were done really sophisticatedly. They had like people literally building super advanced spreadsheets and stuff. But um, so she would just check in on me every Friday and we'd look through what I'd done and she would make edits and suggestions. Um, and then once the script is done, then you do a storyboard. So then the script gets broken into storyboards and you start putting what kind of image will happen. And this all happens in um, Google spreadsheets. Um, and then she goes over and checks that and that gets shared with the director and goes on a schedule and they fly you out. And then it's like, to me, it was like being on a Warner Brothers lot. There was just tons of studios and makeup people. I wore makeup for the first time. Um, but not the last because you have two daughters. Definitely not the last. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be wearing a lot of makeup. <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah. but it's a green screen, really. You're working on back of a green screen sometimes? Yeah, so they build sets. They have set builders. So they, they build the set, um, and then they film that. And then once the set is built, they destroy the set after a day. And then they just put that onto a green screen. Oh. They've already set up the lighting that's on you, so it just matches with the green screen after that. So wow. Um, a lot of times you spend one day on a set, and the rest of the day is in a green screen, but you can't tell the difference. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then they have a teleprompter. So there's a director and a teleprompter. And, um, it, you, you know, the most interesting thing was we went through and did it. And uh, the first day we did, if you do about five hours a day of recording and I left and fell asleep at like eight o'clock that night and like slept for 12 hours. And the next day I came in and they said, did you, how'd you sleep last night? And I said, I slept like 12 hours. Like, I don't know what happened. And they're like, that happens to everybody. So apparently it's more exhausting than it seems when you're doing it. Wow. So, so with the teleprompter, I always think this could be, because then, you know, you see people on TV and they're, you can see their eyes going across. How do they avoid that? Um, well, I think it's pretty far back. So uh, I don't, so I think a lot of times, I mean, I've never noticed um, people on teleprompters, but maybe I'm not like paying as much attention. Um, but one interesting thing is that there's a dedicated teleprompter person so there's a person that controls it. So as you read it, you can speed up or slow down to go with oh. your normal conversational style. And that person will keep it flowing. So you can, you're not trying to like stay, you know, right. like a metronome tick, <laughs> tick. Yeah. That would, could be life uh, sucking, I think. 
Yeah. 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 Amy so, says it, she used to do that. She used to be that um, teleprompter girl, I think. That is a thankless job. Those people don't get enough credit because it takes, you have to really focus, I think, to do that. So, all right. So you go and how many days of shooting are you doing? You did at least two. Yeah, we did three days of five hours of shooting. And then there's like makeup and changes to the changes to the script that happened last minute or double checking facts. A lot of that. One interesting thing I noticed was they used, oh gosh, I can remember, wish I could remember the name of the site. So when you're doing a course, don't think about this, but you don't always know how to pronounce things. You write things without knowing how to pronounce them for sure. So they had some site that they go to that would be able to pronounce things for you. So we would be using that all the time to make sure I would pronounce things and not look dumb and say it the wrong way. Oh, that's um, funny. But yeah, it was three days. It was three days, about five hours a day. Um, and it depends on you know what kind of class you're doing. Some so are then weeks. The, the prep work, how long was that? How many Fridays were you meeting with her as you did the outline and you wrote the script? Um, that was about two months, maybe six weeks to two months, six to eight weeks. So you knew what you were going to say, right, before you went in there? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And we none of it was ad-libbed. It's all, but you made it feel like you because you wrote it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes like a couple things you'd ad lib or when you start reading it aloud, um, you notice that it doesn't feel right and you'll, your brain will like automatically throw in little transitional phrases and stuff. But yeah, you're pretty much reading off what you wrote. Okay, so, so you, you do this and one of the things you talk about was Jason Karn's story, which since he's here, I'm excited for you to share that story. So Jason had posted on Facebook and I was so scared. So if you know Jason... Um, tiny little stippling. I mean, he does amazing. I mean, like he's got superpower eyes, I think, you know, to be able to work so small. And he said, Hey, I think I'm going to have to go back to construction. And all I can, I'm just like, I guess negative Nancy, I'm thinking he's going to break his hands. He can't <laughs> do this, you know? And yeah. I was really concerned. And so I, um, I said, I got to introduce you to my friend, Dustin. Dustin makes people money. Not really, I didn't say that, but I, I was like, because um, uh, he had done this lettering library and he had, you know, he'd done some things, but he definitely didn't have the, the amount of number of people on his list that you had. So that was one of the ways when you've partnered, it's been um, great. So, so tell that story. That kind of sets it up. And then I introduced you guys either in an email or at Creative South or something. Well, we had talked me and you had talked and you had told me about Jason and it's such a great opening line to a story when you, when you showed his work and then you say he's thinking about going back to construction and you picture this guy pushing wheelbarrows with bricks or doing stuff with cement. And you're like, how crazy, you know, it's like, I don't know, like Paul McCartney, like working on a canning line or something like that. Right. It's just crazy. So, um, so you introduced us and then we met and we talked and I'm, Jason just makes great stuff and he's under the unconventional passive income categories because what's cool about Jason is um, I think Doc had said he's like so talented and humble, which is completely true. He, uh, he's put a lot of work into it. I think he has natural talent, but he's put so much work into that, but he's also so humble, mm -hmm. so nice. Um, he seems like a Zen. He is. He's super something nice. like that. 
I and love talking gets, to him on the phone. It, gets excited. He loves letters and old things. It's just, it's contagious, you know, and he's just like a little kid kind of excited. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He makes you excited about doing things because he always like, you can tell he doesn't have an ego or doesn't feel like competitive against people. Right. Um, anyway, so we talked and then he showed me the stuff he had and, and to be honest with you, when he showed me Lettering Library, which for anyone that um, is not aware of it, Lettering Library is essentially Jason spent $10,000 at that point plus on old lettering books. He had this collection. It was purely for his love of it because he loves it. He loves the tradition behind it. And we talked and I said, well, um, yeah, why don't we try selling it um, on Retro Supply? You know, I'll send an email out and we can, you know, do a profit sharing on it. And... I didn't think it was going to do well. I looked at it and I don't hand letter. I thought it was neat, but I, I mean, he was selling it for a lot and we were going to do a discounted price, but I just, I am not that market. So I didn't think it would do that well. Um, not because it wasn't a good product, just because like I didn't really understand the context, I think, of that community. So I posted it and boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I was so, so wrong. Um, we released it, and I think in a, in a week, it, it might have been just a week, um, maybe two weeks, it made like $30,000 on Retro Supply. I mean, it, it sold so many, it was insane. My head was spinning. Um, and so, of course, that worked. Um, so then <laughs> I said, can we do this every year, forever? <laughs> and, right. so, and so far we have, not forever, but for the past two or three years we have. Um, and so one of the things you've done, so I, th I just shared a link. So the regular uh, and, you know, um, you're saving 30% if you um, get it today, it's 197, but you have had sales where I think it was, I think the first time, maybe it was $50 or 90. I don't remember exactly. Do I think we sold for 97. So 97, it's like, on, okay. Yeah. And it sells really well at that. And I completely understand why now I didn't understand at first, but it's because like, I mean, some of the books he's bought, um, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, but like he's bought in books are like 500 plus dollars for a single book. So he's making these really, really, really old, rare, expensive books available for a fraction of the price for a huge volume of them. And if you're into lettering, I mean, you're getting a, a type of education you Right. It's really hard to get. So I understand now. I mean, it, it really does pay for itself for a, someone that's serious about lettering very quickly and i didn't so, understand that at first so much in the library you can't go to a regular library and get these kinds of books these are the oh, originals wow. and they're just uh, amazing did you just make a sale i just made a sale and i totally <laughs> meant to mute that it's okay anyway um i i think it's it's amazing and i love that jason didn't have to 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 go back to construction but um yeah. Brian Brubaker said, oh, they're really discounting your um, abilities as a construction worker. And so I guess he's <laughs> an amazing, amazing construction worker. I mean, I think he would be good at construction. But <laughs> <laughs> Super good with the details for sure. Dox's cat collar Karn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Can> only imagine. <laughs> so um, you and I um, were talking. So we, you've done other things so you've partnered with people which wasn't what you had done before um yeah. last year you started something else so you kind of started some inner work so you'd done a lot of stuff you had your business rolling and mm -hmm. you felt like you could start doing 
instead of putting all your extra effort into doing something else, you decided to get back to drawing. I think, I don't, I think you started it first and then Lisa started her hundred yeah. day, right? Yeah. So you're drawing on paper, you were sketching and then scanning in or taking a photo and then redrawing it using your brushes and things like that, right? Um, actually, I, well, I use a little bit of my brushes, but, um, so what happened is I was an honest designer show and sometimes we'll do an episode where everyone gives one person in the group advice. And I talked about how I wanted to draw, but I was really intimidated to start drawing to begin because retro supply was, you know, paying my bills and taking care of my family. And I was afraid that people would see me not draw well. And mm. I think I was a, um, what do you call them? Uh, like, like a poser. A, yeah. But like, what's the old biblical word for like, yeah, but, but yeah. Imposter. Yes. Po po yeah. Like all those things like heretic. Is that it? Yeah. Whatever. Like, I just like was afraid they'd be like, like it would be a bad thing. Hypocrite. Yeah. Or no, 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 not, not kind of like hypocrite. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It, all those things, all we the get things, it. all the things I was afraid of. Um, and they kind of challenged me and said, you should really, do it. It's so silly to do that. And I thought, yeah, it's so silly to like live your life and not do that. Cause you're afraid mm. of that. Like you can't do that. And, um, so I made, like I started, um, and I made my first drawing and I kept the account locked so no one could see it. And then immediately Ian Bernard messaged me and said, like in all, all caps, unlock the account. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good friend. Yeah. He was being a good friend. So I unlocked it and, um, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. I did 100 days, and I still put one up occasionally, but, I mean, you can really see the difference. I mean, I'm I'm no Doc Reed um, or Jason Karn or anybody on here, but I saw a drastic improvement. I mean, drastic. You can look at the, the first day one and day 100 and see such an improvement. And uh, really, I was just um, drawing, and then I was taking a picture with my phone and getting a blob brush and illustrator. And just drawing with a blob brush. I did that the entire way through. Um, and then I started adding in some of my own brushes. So I'm, I'm just scrolling back. Yeah. So go to the very, the very first. Okay. So the first one you see, dear Dustin, you suck really bad. And you should really give up now. Your I hand is already cramping. Don't humiliate yourself anymore. Um, Ian Bernard is better than you. So, I mean, I, really, <laughs> I was just writing down everything that I was afraid of. I figured that was a good place to start. Right. Um, yeah. And then you can see like, yeah, they started really simple <laughs> amount of poison but you were using your humor in there too which i think was really funny because like the clonopin or sick with it um i just think and so at this point were you doing the show um graphics i know y'all rotate or you used to rotate yeah yeah so like the stick with it was like one of them and it, and that, that was intimidating too because ian and Lisa are better at drawing than I am. So putting mine up there was intimidating, but um, you know, what's funny is as I did it, I found like I started writing little posts underneath it mm -hmm. and um, people really liked the posts. And I found that I looked forward to writing the posts even more. So each one has a, a long, I mean, paragraphs and paragraphs of text about different subjects underneath it. And um, yeah, you can see like there's, there's like a ton and a, uh, and I think that that's when it started to kind of pick up. People started commenting a lot and sharing, oh, I went through the same thing. Um, that This section right here, I bought a book that had this kind of style of drawing. And I started trying to draw those characters. These guys? Yeah, yeah. They're from a book. 
can't. They're pretty. Yeah. So this was, and this was, so this was a hundred percent for me. So um, there's a saying that Ian Bernard came up with that said, um, Oh no. How did he say it? It was so smart. Um, oh yeah. I think he said copy to learn, not to earn. Mm, yeah. So I did whatever I wanted. There wasn't any rules. If I saw something I liked, I would draw a variation of it. Some days I would draw something completely on my own. Some days I would see something and make my own version. Some days I would buy books, the bookstore of like a drawing thing like I did below and do that. Um, I did whatever I felt like. There weren't rules um, to how I did the drawings other than I had to use a pencil and draw the thing out, you know. Is that um, a drawing or a photo, the stay-in motel? That's a drawing with a blob brush. No way, Dustin, man, that looks like photo. Yeah, and you get a little closer, not quite as much, but yeah. And some of them took a long time. Sometimes, I mean, this is new to me because I hadn't drawn since art school. Um, but some of them you would think are super simple, and then it would end up taking uh, six hours in the evening, and then one would mm. be really hard and take like 30 minutes. I love this one. I love that you're putting that on a um, on something else, so you have this other texture. This is... I, I don't think you had done that too much before, right? Yeah, well, I put it on that because um, it was about my daughter losing her tooth. So this was kind of, I drew it because my daughter had lost her tooth and um, she's five and it was her second tooth. And I thought about how we tell her stories about the tooth fairy. And then I thought about how there's so many stories and mm -hmm. myths we've built up over time. So below that is... Um, From Genesis or something, yeah? It's Genesis, yeah. So it's... It was kind of like my attempt at talking about how underneath these cartoony things that people do and mm. all our pop culture, there's myth, mythic stories. Right. So. Anyway, that one's, <laughs> that one's cool. It looked like it was sort of a bloody tooth. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not sure. I like blood to stuff. <laughs> I did one, this one. This, so this one I thought was going to like be super controversial and get lots of uh, likes, but it didn't turn out people were just appalled by it. Um, Which I one? Uh, if you go down a little bit, there's a bloody urinal. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my, my dad had um, kidney stones, so I told the story about that. Um, and I thought, oh, well, this isn't a very great drawing of a urinal, but maybe if I throw some blood in it and tell the story of my dad's kidney stones, that will get a lot of likes. Well, it turns out people don't want to see bloody urinals no matter what story you put behind it. <laughs> good, to, good to know. We'll take note of that for sure. All right, so... With this, you kind of started doing, um, this was an investigation for you. So this wasn't a ton of time, but you made time every day for 100 days to do this. What do you think it helped? How do you think it helped you? Or, or how do you think you grew as a person? You talked about definitely your drawing style grew. But don't you think it gave you some insight into your customers even more than what oh you had? Yeah, for sure. Like there was like little things like, when you go around a corner with a brush or you'd have to add a clipping mask in illustrator with one of our texture brushes because it it was like say it was a like a gouache brush or a textured sponge brush it would be texture on both sides and and then i would start using it and realize oh well it would really be so much more convenient if one side was sharp and crisp so you didn't have to put a clipping mask on it i, I knew that i knew that happened because i mean i i do draw and use them um but that really made me aware of it so yeah you would you would learn that stuff for sure so then how about you as, um, because you do a lot of reading, how, do you think that that made a difference for you? I know there was something else you'd done since then 
it was self, whatever, I don't know, self-initiated kind of inner introspective um, that you've done, but was there anything in the drawing part that really helped you kind of maybe see your life or tell your stories besides just the posting or was, tell us what about that? Yeah, for sure. So I, and I would be curious if people that are on, that are listening right now and can comment would resonate with this. So when I drew in high school and when I drew in college, I drew to draw, like I was just trying to draw cool stuff. And I found that like, I'm 37. So I was 36 when I started drawing those. I found that I was drawing more for personal reasons and then I was putting stories and context behind them. And I don't journal. I mean, I started journaling recently over the past uh, month or two. Um, but that was like my first time really journaling because I was kind of telling stories and reflecting back on things. And then while I was drawing, you know, things were entering my mind. And yeah, so I feel like I got like perspective on things or I talked about things I hadn't talked about before. And um, that was like, I don't know. I felt like I got to know myself better. I felt like I saw trends in my own personality. Mm. I could see like my own pessimism about things more clearly. I could see reoccurring themes and things that I was interested in. Um, some things that like I didn't like and some things I did. So yeah, I think. Do you think there was more once you started writing, like kind of giving context to the drawing or do you think it was still, it was going on even in the beginning? Um, what was going on? So the intro, like seeing, um, seeing trends or being able to look at it and um, when you were just drawing and you weren't really giving context, because I think when you're, you may have drawn something, but maybe it, you were really, when you started writing, it really gave context. So you're, again, I think there's a lot in that written word, mm. but do you feel like that was happening the being able to get in touch with yourself or understand yourself. Do you think that was happening even if you were just doing the drawings and not necessarily oh. before you started writing the post? Yeah, because the writing was like a byproduct of drawing. I'm sure a lot of people on listening right now can like relate to that. So I'd be drawing, you know, and then things you start to remember things or you, the one day, one of the first days I drew, cause it was my daughter's birthday. And then you start reflecting on her birthday and you draw the objects. And I had been so insecure and with retro supply, doing so well I was so afraid of not looking good in front of people which is so unhealthy to get to that point and that was like kind of one of the one of the curses of like something doing well is like you're so afraid to look not as good as other people at something and I think like doing that like made me just like miss out on so much because once I started drawing I started like relaxing I have really bad anxiety I found myself relaxing more I found myself like going into, you know, people talk about the zone or flow, a flow state as I would draw. And I just look forward to it. It's just like this peaceful time in the evening to draw things. And you would be thinking about stuff. And the reason I wrote was because as you drew, you'd start to think about things. And I, I really enjoy writing. So then I would just write about the stuff I'd been thinking about as I was drawing it. So yeah. It, and you did, it was the, you had a lot of really good comments, even from the beginning, you had a lot of people who really, I think the community kind of rallied around you. They knew that you were not as confident in this and then, but you totally smashed it because you did awesome. I think they all look great. Like they're terrific. I'm so glad you did it. 
Yeah, I'm so glad I did it. And yeah, people are so supportive. I think that was another thing. And so when I started Retro Supply, I was deathly afraid that when I released my first product, I mean, to this day, I still get that feeling a little bit, but I got it in the beginning a lot when I released products that people would be like, that's where I was thinking of charlatan. Um, mm-hmm. I thought people would be like, you're a charlatan. Like, you did this wrong. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, what kind of like, uh, in the words of Brittany, um, hot garbage, like, are you like putting out there? And, and then I realized like that people were super supportive. I knew more than I thought I did. And when I was wrong, people would like show me like, this is not useful. Can you please change this? And I change it. And I guess bottom line is like, there's like a big thing on the internet that everyone's mean. Mm. And I think that really only stands in like YouTube comments. <laughs> Seemed like the most meanest place on the entire internet. But like on Instagram, everyone was so nice. You know, people would like tell me what they like. They tell me to keep going. Um, they would relate their own stories about things happening. My babe, my, uh, my little boy was born one night when I was in the middle of drying. I literally had to stop drying so we could go to the hospital. So people got to like experience that and like write things to me. So it's amazing. People are so much more supportive than like my like lizard scared brain tells me they are. Right. Absolutely. I think we have a really amazing, and I think I'm sure there are people who are really mean and really, pissed off um scotty had a podcast recently on perspective collective and he it was haters and it was like humans i can't remember but it was like h-a-t-e humans i can't remember i don't want the a it was like they just don't want anybody else they're hating on somebody you know they're like they just want terrible things to happen to other people Having anger toward everyone's success or something like that. Great job. Thank you, Paige. Um, yeah. And I just think that that was so like, I love, but that is, but really it's, it's who you listen to. And it's, um, I always think about my dad is now when we were growing up, it, we, we, we thought we were terrible kids. I mean, I guess I knew I wasn't a bad kid, but my parents, I thought, thought I was terrible. I don't know if my mom's here today, so I don't think so. So anyway, but they did. So I feel like your words really do make a difference. And I don't think you have to be like, everything's beautiful, Diane. But I think that there's a um, a level of support uh, and, and pushing. And I feel like now my dad's like so sugar, you know, like sometimes, I mean, like I could do anything and he'd be like, that is awesome. And I'm like, man, where were you when I was a Ten, you know, um, but I'm I'm glad he's like I'm glad he was like that when I was ten. Um, but I also think that there's there's a place for sugary sweet, and I think that the internet it's it's so big. It would be much better to be nice to somebody, and then when you want real feedback, that should be in a trusted environment. So that's you and Tom and Lisa and Ian, right? That's I can give you some feedback or. Or Suzanne can give you feedback or Brittany, you know, somebody who knows you, who's going to be able to give that. I feel like some people just, I think that they, they're really, they are angry. And so that they don't maybe want somebody else to have something that they want and they don't know how to get it. And, but it's so much better. And I think Zig Ziglar talked about this. I know I've been rereading this book, Simon Sinek's um, Leaders Eat Last, and it's the people who push who sacrifice and help other people which is i think you are one of these people as well have helped other people get further on they are going to be seen as these leaders they're going to be seen as the hero because they help other people 
um, they've, they feel like the people who have gotten success feel like they rode on your back and then you're part of their story. And I think that that's such a, such a blessing to be able to be part of people's story like that. Andre says, oh, go ahead. ahead. No, you go. Okay. Um, So yeah, to add to that, it's interesting because there's so much competition to try to be the, the best or the most interesting person, you know, show your work, make work, you know, like all this stuff, right? Like there's so much competition to do that. It's crowded. It's like a crowded, crowded, crowded bus or something of people on the bus to get attention. And when you like become the person that's not that person and you're assisting people somehow, it's so much easier to stand out because so few people are doing that. So you like doing this show, you know, like people, you stand out because you're highlighting people and helping them to like show what they know and to get to like share stuff. And it feels, you know, it makes you feel special. I mean, I feel special to get to be on your show. And, and because of that, like people pay attention to you naturally. And I think like making products retro supply as opposed to, it reminded me of, you know, back in the gold rush, right? Like the people that um, made the most money were the people selling the picks and pans, not the people mining for gold. So that will make stuff for people. There's way more people trying to make stuff. Why don't you just make it for them instead of trying to fight with all the people making stuff? Um, or Scotty Russell. You look at Scotty Russell. He's making great art, but he's also telling, you know, he's also telling his like vulnerable story. He's sharing his life. He's lifting other people up, interviewing other people. And that makes his work more interesting. That makes just it makes it easier for him to rise up. So it's interesting how when you stop just trying to make yourself bit big by showing your own work, it becomes easier. And I'm, 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 all, I'm all about cutting corners. So. so I'm doing all this research and stuff on this leadership. And so I have this image of the, all these deer um, eatings because, you know, the alpha is eating. And I think that's one of the first characteristics of being a good leader is you have to accept that alpha position. And some people are like, no, no, I'm not the leader. No, I'm not the leader. And then some people are like, I want to be the leader. Me, me, you know? And, and I think that there's somewhere in between, I think a good leader is going to make sure that everybody's fed, right? They're going to bring, bring the food back to the tribe, but then they also have to eat. And there is a hierarchy there. That's the alpha dog gets to eat first, but there's, or in a, a tribe of lions there, are they called a tribe, a pack, whatever yes. tribe? Whatever. I don't remember. A pride of lions. Yes. Thank you. I knew it was something. Thank you. Thank you. But then you have the, a male alpha and a female alpha. And so I think that in this image of these deer, it's like these heads are down and this one deer, uh, I guess it's a boy. I don't know how you tell the difference. Now I know how you tell the difference people. Okay. (laughs) But I don't know if they just have a rack. If you know, if you can, if like only the boy deer have big racks or anyway, but there's one deer with this huge rack and it's eating and he's clearly in the middle. So they, they are letting him eat first. And I feel like those people, and it, and this is how, where Patreon kind of comes in. I think that they want to support you. They want to be a part of what you're doing because they think you've, you've got something. There is leadership because you've proven. And I think for me, that's one of my hardest because I'm like, you and I have had these conversations for so many years and sometimes Dustin, I'm like, Oh, you're going to be so disappointed in me because I haven't done that or I haven't done that. Oh, or never. I know, but I do feel like that sometimes. Anyway, as a boy horns go up and female racks point down. 
Good to know. Thanks for that, Doc. Um, but I, so let me go back to what um, Andre was saying. He says, some people will ask him, his friends, he said, my friends ask me for feedback and when I give it, they get mad or they, um, I can't remember what you said and it's gone too far up, so I can't read it. But, you know, they get upset because he's giving them real feedback. And, you know, so sometimes to be honest, I will ask, hey, do you, do you have time to fix this? Or do you want real feedback? Or do you just want someone to be like, good job, you know? Cause like in the beginning of when you were doing your hundred day project, if Ian was like Dustin, or he'd say it in his British accent, you know, he wouldn't <laughs> yeah. say it like that. I yes. put my hand on my hip and everything, but he'd be like, Dustin, you're not doing this right. You got to do this. And if Lisa kind of started tearing you down. So yeah. it's kind of like, you really have to know your audience. You have to know where people are and what they need to keep going. If they're at that verge of like, I'm going to jump off the cliff and never do another hundred day, you know, another, never do another day. Or maybe they're just too early. Or do you really want feedback? What, what are you trying to learn from this? What do you, cause sometimes it's maybe too much because Andre's a really good illustrator. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like he can give them really good feedback, but maybe they're not ready to listen, I guess. Mm, I should get some feedback from Andre. But yeah, yeah, you're, you're totally right. And it's kind of like what you're okay with because I've noticed on Instagram, I think is a very safe place for the most part. People mm -hmm. will tend to lift you up. And even if you ask for feedback, they will give it to you, but they'll be gentle with you, which I needed because I was scared. I was a, ba a little baby that needed to be, <laughs> that needed to be coddled with my drawings because I was so insecure. But you know, if you really like have the guts, go put it on Reddit. Mm -hmm. They will tear you apart and they will let you know how it is. Um, so it just depends, I guess, on how much you can stomach. Right. <laughs> well, and but I think yeah. it's, it's where you are in your growth process. Sometimes it's like in the beginning for you, you were kind of raw with it and you didn't really, you really would, it wouldn't have been good for you if you had gotten bad feedback in the beginning. No, but it like, always be good. I mean, I, I always appreciate when people do. Uh, but like my friend Ben, who's an amazing painter, like he could tell me things about everything I'm doing that are wrong, but he'll just tell me one piece of advice. He's like, Oh, Diane, did you know? And he frames it in such a way that I just love this. So this is another, a painter, Ben Shamback. You guys, he's on Instagram. I think it's Benjamin J. Shamback. You should check out his paintings. He's amazing. Anyway, he, um, He'll be like, oh, this is yellow, this is red, and this on a face is blue. So it has tones. So like you're lower, I guess, because I don't know, shadowing or people with beards. I don't have a beard, so but I still think I guess it would be blue. This is more red because I think you have your nose and your cheeks. But then this is usually more of a yellow tone. So when you're breaking, I have no, I can't even read these. Y'all are doing awesome. But I love how... He gives me these little fun facts and now I feel like I'm part of it. Like, ooh, did you try? And I think just saying something like, ooh, did you try this, Dustin? Then that's so much of a better way to say it. But then when you are in a safe place where you could get feedback, you could say, Lisa, I need you to help me with this. I want you to tell me how I can make this cuter. Or Ian, yeah. I want you to tell me how, and, and I think asking specific questions is really good, but it's also within a group that you really trust and you know that they love you and they're not trying to tear you down. Well, I got, I have two quick stories. I'll tell you about good and bad feedback I got. So when I was doing, uh, well, after the hundred day challenge, I drew a, I think it's called a Nico K 
cat or I can't remember what it's called. It's one of those cats you see at the at the Thai Thai restaurants, Chinese, Japanese restaurants. Yeah, yeah. They're actually Japanese, but you think Lucky of them Lucky cat. They're Lucky cat, yeah. You know, they have cat. money in one hand. Like <laughs> yeah. this kind of looks like a coin. So like imagine I'm holding a coin and I'm going like that. So I did one of those and I reached out to Sean Ferguson, um, who is the nicest mm-hmm. man I have ever met. And I literally messaged him that night and said, can you tell me how to make this better? Yeah, Maneki Nico. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Um, and um, he wrote me back immediately. He's like, hold on. Went to his office, gave me so much feedback. And I did like two more versions. You can see it on my Instagram. It got so much better because of him. He was amazing. And he, he wasn't afraid to tell me, that's weird. That look, don't do that. That part's not right. Change that. And like he like drew and pointed, that's such great criticism because he gave me the criticism, but the point wasn't to make me feel bad or not as good as him. I already know that. Um, yeah, he's point, really, really was, good. <laughs> yeah, the point was this, this part's not right. Here's how we can fix it. Um, and that was great. Um, a, a bad piece of feedback um, that I'll keep anonymous is that I was um, recording a LinkedIn class and I was picking up some presents to bring home my little girls. Um, and... I got a response to an email I sent out to the retro supply list and someone just wrote gross. Like to the email, it was an email selling something. I mean, the, we sell stuff at retro supply, but that's what the emails are. Right. Someone just wrote gross. <laughs> and I was like tired. I was waiting for my plane to show up. It's hot in Santa Barbara. I just got done recording. I missed my family. And I just had one of those moments um, and I'm pretty good at stopping myself, but I had a moment where I just lost my self-control and I immediately called the person. Like you can click on people's emails and it connects to their phone number. And I called him and he answered and then he hung up. And then he wrote me back and I'm not gonna say his name because um, we'll see how the story turns out. Um, he wrote me back and said something to the effect of, I saw you called me. I'm not afraid of you. Like, I'll talk to you, I'll call you back in 10. And I was like, okay, call me back in 10. So. I don't know if you really sound like that. You might've been very gentle on how he was talking. But that's, that's how you heard it. Brain. Right. Yeah. That's the, the bad part of an email. So, yeah. So he calls back after forever. And um, we had one of those conversations like in Zoolander where he, he's like, you know, why are you acting so messed up towards me? I don't know. Why are you acting so messed up towards me? You were acting messed up towards me. And so we did that back and forth for a while. And then finally I was like, dude, I'm walking around Santa Barbara getting my girls gifts I'm tired I miss my family and then you just write gross like I was like it it hurts my feelings (laughs) like you know and um and you know then he was really nice he was like you know I just thought you're better than this and you should have done this and I didn't like this part and um he was really nice about it it turned out he just you know said something really quickly and um but the power of our words right yeah, but yeah. That, was, that was bad feedback because gross doesn't help me. I don't know what's gross about the right. email. Is it gross that it's me? Is it my little profile <laughs> picture at the bottom was gross? Is it that the offer was gross? Is it that the way I sold it was gross? It's not helpful. Yeah, Blake, like Blake says, like, it's, it's random. It doesn't help me. And so I kind of told him, I was like, that, it's not helpful to say that. It just hurts my feelings. If it's you just hurts mm-hmm. Yeah, then that helps. Um, and yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's all about the delivery. Yeah, capitalism is- But if you don't have time to give feedback, then you shouldn't give a negative. You you shouldn't say it because you're not saying it in a loving way, I think. Right. And And, and you can give a way to to make it better. Like give me an idea of what what you expected it should be. 
but really it doesn't look good on you if, if you're the negative nancy type and gross it doesn't look you it doesn't look good for you if you've shared that out even if it's just with a reply on an email because you have no idea who's who's opening those and you don't know maybe you typed it up and then or suzanne typed it up and then you she you sent it out without reading and now you're like i don't know i just think there's all kinds of there's all kinds of reasons you probably shouldn't hit reply with one word for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right so um talk about starting writing and why when did you start journaling and why and how do you think that's helped you with your business and then do you think any of that because you and I started talking about Patreon. Oh, man, we're totally out of time. Boogers. Ah, oh, I know. Okay, so Patreon. Forget about the journaling. You should journal, people. It helps. Okay, so Patreon, you, you break it, you're breaking it down. Man, Dustin, I really wanted to talk to you about this. Boogers. Anyway. What happens if you go over to the timeout or you have to go back no. to do something? No, I have to do something in 30 minutes. Anyway, well, we can talk <laughs> for a little bit longer. So what about Patreon? Um, well, so I want to try page Patreon, um, because I've been trying to like build this epic passive income for designers course. I did like the beta one. It was like over a year ago and I want to do something else. And I just found it. I don't know something about it. Like I was overwhelming. And then I saw Patreon and I saw, uh, I think Dina Rodriguez I saw on Patreon and I just like thought it sounded neat. And so I thought, well, passive income for designers would be great for that. You know, I, I do these podcast episodes for passive income for designers and interview people. Mm -hmm. And I write articles for it. I do workshops and stuff, but I don't really get, get paid for anything I do for it. And I want to do more of it, but it's so hard to invest in something more time in something when it's not making any money. And I thought, well, let's try putting up. It, That's it's true, right? terrible, <laughs> right? That's well, what you've gotten on me for years. And I'm going to bring that up in a minute. Um, <laughs> but I was like, well, maybe people would support me on Patreon. Like, so I made tears on Patreon. Um, Diane left a link. Um, if you're interested in passive income, check it out. Supporting me would mean a ton to me. Um, I've never done this. I feel really vulnerable asking people if they will support these different things. Um, I do too. That is one of my big parts of not doing it for so many years. I feel like if I'm going to do this podcast, I should have enough money to do this. I can't be asking people to pay my groceries. Like, that's what I think. I'm like, somebody, my dad's going to think I'm on the street. We'll work for food or, you know, we'll podcast for money. Like, that's like, like I well, just hear my dad in the back of my head. Yeah. And I, and I kind of did a little bit too. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't necessarily need to like charge for this, but charging for it does a couple of things. First of all, like, it's like people voting that they want to see it. So that, that makes you want to do it more. Right. Second, it's really easy to walk away from retro supply and spend a little more time on it because you say, well, this is making money too. Right. Third, I think when people invest any amount of money, psychologically, it changes the way they view that. So if you want to build a passive income and you invest a little money into being serious about it, I think it makes your brain say, I must be serious because I invested money and then you want to get your money's worth out of the investment. Um, and then fourth of all, I'm literally creating like, like your successful business will pay for itself so easy. So like, you can give a dollar and I'll give you content like early and like some exclusive content. You can give, I think like $5 or $7 and I'll give you some exclusive videos and stuff. You can give 20 and I'll give you like course parts. It will be part of the course. It will be slowly dripped out and you're going to get entire course parts. These are like action-based, serious, will give you leverage in, in um, building a passive income. 
you can get a mastermind group for $49 where you'll be with other people in a group. I'll be there. There'll be other people there and you'll be able to bounce ideas off other people. You'll be able to talk to me. Um, and then I think for 97 or $99, I'll meet with you a couple times a month and we will talk, we'll talk shop about how we can get you going. Um, it would mean a ton for anything that, um, for anyone that would support me. Um, it would be exciting for me. It makes me want to do it more. Um, and I would love to help people. I think it's so neat to see people grow. Now I want to say something about Diane. Please, please go sign up for my Patreon. I would so love it. I would so appreciate it. Um, and I will, I promise I'll try to give you as much value as possible, but Diane has had this show for what? Over two years. You've made six 200 years, six years. Okay. And you have like 270 episodes. Yes. You're 270. I keep telling her and she's mentioned it. You should at least start a pay, a Patreon Diane because well, and she, you know, Patreon is so, or Diane is so kind hearted. She's like, well, you know, I just want to like help people. And I'm like, but I think that people would be happy to, to support you on Patreon. So can you guys tell me like, just so she will see it? Cause how many of you would support Diane on Patreon if she set one up right now? <laughs> Kevin says he'll send me grocery money right now. <laughs> oh, thank you. I don't need grocery money. I'm okay. But I, I am, I'm going to do it. So I, but you deserve things. compensation for doing such a big service for people. And look, everyone like is like, yes, yes. Like I totally would. I, th I just really think you would. I think people would love to support you. You like are a backbone of like the design community. I think most people would agree. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so here's me asking Dustin about how he did it. So I asked him the other day, last week, sometime I was like, well, how long have you been planning? And he told me six months. I'm like, damn, I haven't been doing that planning for six months. So, and Anna, thank you so much. I super appreciate that. So I have, I've, I've started the page. I just haven't broken it all down. I also thought about doing um, masterminds, but I'm not sure how to put it together. Cause so one of the things that Dustin has built in there, so it's really easy. What? It, it builds in. So when you make it, it literally connects to one that they are connected to. It's so easy. Okay. Well, maybe. So, well, so I was thinking, so that's the other part. So I started supporting some people. I started supporting Andy, Andy Miller. And, um, I started following some other people that I really, um, I wanted to see, I see, I take, I consume in their YouTube consume in, I consume their YouTube content and I wanted to see what was different and what they were posting out. And so one thing I asked Josh Lewis, we, ha we didn't get to do a part two last time, or we kind of ran out of time. Like we always do. So I asked Josh, Josh is going to be my, one of my first ones. Maybe you can do one with me too, Dustin is I'm going to have this extra content kind of like what you were saying. And it's going to be specific to, we're going to do like kind of like a course, but more kind of interview how I do it. Marketing strategy. So Josh is already committed. So he was here earlier. I don't know if he's still here, but I feel like that's something I, I want to be able to give some of that other stuff back. One of the things I love um, for you is that you're able to, see touch um not touch people inappropriately but you're able to touch people on a more regular basis and be able to see because sometimes you get the emails but there isn't a response sometimes i can think i can imagine for you and suzanne it would feel really cold or silent sometimes because you may be making sales but you don't really get a lot of one-on-one -on -one with your customers and i think patreon is another way especially for with passive income for designers for people to be able to 
share some there's a facebook group as well but it this would be even maybe some more you would get more one-on-one -on -one or you'd get more time and maybe there's prompts or whatever but i think that it really does one thing i've noticed with patreon once i dug into it it wasn't like people just give me money so i can keep doing this thing it was you're part of this i want to help you grow this this will help me to be able to grow i guess and i think that 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 to me was a beautiful part and I just hadn't looked at it from that perspective. And I mean, a ton of our friends were already on it, you know, like Scotty yeah. was on it and, and I was like, well, what are they doing? And some people like Andy J. Miller, he has, um, of creative pep talk, which I love that podcast also. I love that too. Yeah. He has like a $1 and a $2 and I'm like, you know, I can give him $2, you know, but I think $2 adds up after a while. And I remember when you said, you know, your first product, it was like $9, right? Yeah. I mean, that $9 adds up and it may just be $9, oh, right? But what a bunch of $9 is a lot of money. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think like, you know, for a lot of people, I mean, I, a lot of jobs I've had, I made around a hundred dollars a day. I mean, you sell nine, nine thing, nine or 10 things you've made a day's worth of work if it's that much money. So, I mean, it, it does add up. And that's what I like about Patreon is, you know, you can give someone a dollar. It's, I mean, there's a budget for anyone and they can get something. I, I used a Bruce Springsteen line that you can't start a fire, can't start a fire oh, yeah, without, a, without spark. a spark. That's right. Yeah. So I thought like, even for a dollar, you can get like, I'll send you like an email with like ideas, starts a spark. But I won't want to, we're getting off the subject of you starting your Patreon. Okay, you I have a question. I will. I'm, okay. it's already, I've already started it i have to do the tears so, so i was gonna put do the it link up so people can go sign but up. i don't have that i don't have it done. you just said you had to get it approved i didn't even know it approved it approved immediately so i, I think I they just have robots looking at it okay okay so you have these tears you told us about your tears um your tears is what i like think of them as crying tears okay so sorry side craziness um with Patreon, you have the tiers. Did you do an intro video or you just did an image? I have the image up. I don't have the intro video. I'm going to add the intro video. I still have to add a bunch of stuff. I literally just wanted to get it up. I was like, I'm going to be on this. I feel like I know a lot of these people. So they trust me enough that if they're interested, they will sign up before it's completely filled out. Um, so, so no, I need, I need to put one, but okay. I don't have it. And I think... I think you should too, even if it's not completely done, I think you should put it up because everyone knows you're good for it. Okay. You're going to, you, you, you have. Okay. You, oh, here's so my question. Here's sorry, my okay. question. Me and you were talking about this. I follow this one girl, Minnie Small. She's a YouTuber. I, you, I know you got to go. I got to go to this stupid faculty. I don't even know what it's called. Caucus meeting. You know, I'm not like into government stuff, so I don't really know, but it's some sort of caucus. So it's like a preparatory meeting. Anyway. Um, so she was like, so I was like, oh my gosh, she's like sending people things like physical things. And I'm like, awesome. every month she has yeah. to see that artist. People? She's an yeah. artist, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Postcards and stuff. But is that, that, so if you're a $1 or say that's her $2 tier, does she send them something every month? My goodness, she's not even making any money. Or does she just send it once? Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess you probably figure you learn your lesson real quick and adjust. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so people, who, we talked about doing a sticker pack or we talked about doing t-shirts and I'm thinking, okay, well, do you send them a new t-shirt every month? 
Like that seems like a lot of money. And I, it, I just, it can't be, I think it's maybe Taylor saying it's more like the $15 and maybe that's it. But yeah. I think that, okay. I was gonna say, or like you can do creative marketing. So like maybe in the $1 one, she is sending postcards, but she's making up for it by having a lot of people that are say giving her $500 a month. And those people are offsetting the cost of the other ones so she can broaden her base. And the other people are essentially being really big patrons paying to help the people at the $1 level. Hmm. Maybe, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know, but that would work. So she had a really, the way I found her is she had a, a video about PayPal. Do you, you use PayPal, don't you? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was a really sad video. You guys. A sad up. PayPal video? Yes, like they took her money and wouldn't give it back. And then she, anyway, I know it was terrible. So she doesn't use PayPal anymore. Oh, no. Yes, they froze the account. Andre saw it. I mean, it was terrible. I remember I was like, this is a drama. And I was just watching and she's crying. She's like, oh, it was terrible. In one night, yes. And they just wouldn't give it back. Anyway, you guys should, I should have had that. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and you see like Jason Karn, like people are giving you ideas for like your tears too. Oh, boogers. Oh, like Jason's okay. like monthly t-shirt sticker patch designs done by your audience and interviewees. Ooh, I contribute. I'd contribute. That, that sounds cool. Wouldn't that kind of tax my guests a little much? Yes. But like you're giving them like access to like your beloved. Like, so you're giving them like you're transferring your trust to them. Like giving, you know, you know, when I was on your show and I had just a passive income for designers ebook, it was $37. I didn't even, I just mentioned, I didn't even put a link up and like it made like $800 just because oh, you mentioned it. That's how powerful, like, I think you're a little mogul and you don't know it. So <laughs> yeah, I think I'm doing the artwork. Like I bet no one has any problem. Okay. Well, I'll ask. Blake Stevenson would, is here. Would I you, love Blake stuff. You do some Blake's right for, there. For, if you're on Diane's show again. <laughs> put the pressure on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, Amy. But he said, but he said yeah, because I just knew like he loves you. Of course, he'd be like, yeah, happy to do that. I was so excited when I met Blake. I was like, oh my gosh, People, you know, he doesn't ever show his face, so you don't know. know who he is when you're at a he's conference. Like Banksy or something. What? He's like Banksy or something. Like yes. you don't know what he really looks like. I yes. remember when I first met him, I was like, whoa, you did. And I that? totally flipped out, and they were like, oh, so one of my friends was like, oh, I thought you wanted to meet Blake Stevens. I was like, I do, I do. And they were like, this is him, and I'm like, oh. You are, did I totally, did I embarrass you? Oh, he's blessing. I was so excited. I was like, I gotta get a picture. I gotta get a picture. And then, and then I don't know if he was working there then, but now he works at Shopify, but you were working, Blake, you were working some sort of day gig too. And I was like, wait, you're really good at this in your extra time? (laughs) He is. He's the cutest monsters. Yeah. I, I dig his Instagram. All right. Well, I better go to this caucus meeting, but I, okay. So let me share you, share with you guys. So I'm going to go back. I can read all this chat. I will do that this weekend. And I'm going to Grand Rapids. So I'll be with Doc and Mike Jones. Man, I totally wish you were coming, Dustin. Um, there, uh, Shauna uh, is going to be there. My friend Megan is going to be there, who none of y'all have met. So I'm really excited. Brian White is going to be there. Jason Frostholm is going to be there. Brian Yan is going to be there. I can't remember everybody else. Sounds so we're funny. praying for Doc because his keynote got yuckied. So, hopefully. Man, I'd love to see Doc Talk. Oh, I, know. I know. I know. Doc would, Talks. 
Doc Talks. Oh, that's a great like little one minute series. Pink Doc Talks. Have yeah. you heard your Doc Talk? And then you like, right. do a drawing like really quick of something. All right. So I shared Patreon, but let's support Dustin. Patreon.com slash passive underscore income underscore F-O-R underscore designers. You know, like sometimes the honest designers, when y'all would do something or something, it would be for, I think it was something with um, Lisa's. I think Lisa, one of her hundred day projects she did. And it was, I couldn't find it because I was spelling out four because I was an idiot. All right. Oh, yeah. So, so you can, you can follow Dustin on Twitter at retro supply co co or hello, Dustin Lee. Hopefully you guys can spell that. Um, and then on Instagram, Hey, Dustin Lee, he's getting a little yeah. bit of his Southern heritage in cause we say, Hey, so Hey, Dustin Lee is that's that hundred day in his illustrations, which yeah. we hope you keep doing more of. And then also you can do it at retro supply just retro supply and then passive income for designers, that website, are you going to put that, uh, open that course up again or does it just take a lot of time? Well, I think my plan is, is that, um, if, if people support the Patreon, that will, I'll be dripping the content out and building the content for those people. And then that will eventually go in the course. And then people that were in that tier will just get the course for free. Oh, sweet. Another way to support Destin on Patreon. Okay. So that's passive income for designers.com. That's an S on designers and yes. then side hustle strategies for designers. This is the LinkedIn learning. You guys should mm -hmm. check this out. It's linkedin.com slash learning slash side hyphen hustle hyphen strategies hyphen F O R hyphen designers. And then also you can always check them out on retrosupply.co or .com because it'll take you there now, right? Yeah, they'll both take you there. Yay. Thank you so much. I'm so thankful you're in my family from another mother. Thank you for having me on. I always feel just good after being on. Thanks for talking to me and being on with me. Thank you so much for having me, Diane. I appreciate it. Thank you. I really, I'm, I it got to be 2.30 and I was like, Ooh, we haven't even talked about, it. how can we only have five questions and only get through two? Oh no. Whenever we have Skype calls and just talk, <laughs> it seems like that happens. I know we usually talk for like three hours. So, but we're going to talk more regularly. So we won't, it'll be spread out. So we'll do it on the extra. It'll be in the Patreon extra videos next. That'll, that's how I'm going to start doing my part twos, but I think I'm going to have them like Linda did for you or LinkedIn learning. They had like a, uh, looking at what their strategy was. So that's what I'm trying to do. Awesome. <laughs> Three hour long for Patreon. I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys. Oh, next week is Scott Soder. So we, this is like a part two. He's an illustrator. He, um, friends with Josh Lewis from last week. He does a lot of children's books, stuff for highlights, but he has these outside passions of music and he really brings those in. He also goes and talks to kids that aren't his own. And so we're going to talk about that too. We're really taking the, all the questions we didn't get to answer and we're going to get those done. He also has the SCBWI, Society for Children, Book Illustrators oh. and Writers. The winner, the grand prize award winner in 2016. And he found out he won in 2018. And he's so humble too. So this, it, I just am super thankful for you people because you guys are great. So Scott's next week. So don't miss it. Thank you so much, Dustin, for being. Thank you.